Welcome to Grassroot Ohio, conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Jonathan Beard and Noelle Williams, co-organizers with the Columbus Coalition for Rent Control. Jonathan Beard is a member of the coalition's executive committee and a community development professional with longtime exposure to fair housing issues. His father, Charles A. Beard, testified in the landmark 1973 housing discrimination case, United States of America versus City of Parma, where the court found Parma liable of violating the Fair Housing Act. After moving to Columbus to receive a master's in public administration from what is now known as the Glenn School at OSU from 1995 to 2017, John served as president and CEO of Columbus Compact Corporation, where he raised more than $40 million to invest in the redevelopment of Columbus's most distressed neighborhoods. In that role, John financed and engaged directly in new construction and rehabilitation of single-family and multifamily housing as he led the city's largest comprehensive community development initiative since the 1970s. John has been a landlord for more than 25 years as both a private citizen and the president of the Columbus Compact, which is a nonprofit corporation, and has signed more than 100 leases as landlord over that period. As a public policy expert, real estate developer, banker, and landlord, John has in-depth knowledge of issues related to housing. Noel has been advocating for people's rights via labor and community organizations for over 20 years. Noel is the past president of the Columbus NAACP, past president of Labor Group, which is part of the Ohio Civil Service Employees Association, or the OCSEA, and is currently the VP president for Bread Organization, which stands for Building Responsibility, Equity, and Dignity. Bread is made up of 44 diverse congregations, which are racially, geographically, socially, and economically diverse. Bread holds officials accountable to implement proven solutions to community problems, such as disrupting the school-to-prison pipeline by pushing Columbus City Schools to implement a program called Restorative Practices. In my recent canvassing in Columbus, Ohio, I asked the citizens, what are their most concerning issues right now? And they were pretty consistent. Reproductive rights, affordable housing, and gun violence. Jonathan and Noel, you are leading out with a citizen-led ballot initiative for the city of Columbus, Ohio, to give citizens the right for affordable rent. What is going on in Columbus right now regarding rent? Let's start with you, Jonathan. Well, first of all, Carolyn, thank you for what you're doing with Grassroots Ohio, and thank you for having us on as your guest today. Um, this is an important issue. These families are being priced out of housing, and it is in large part because of the failures of public policy to date. We have in Columbus a city government that is controlled by real estate interests, and those interests have come first. What we're trying to do is, you know, you talked about um, uh, Grassroots Ohio being everyday people. And that's what we are. We are everyday people asserting rights for everyday people. So we're empowering tenants uh, relative to the wealthiest people in Columbus. And Noel, in your perspective, what's going on in Columbus in the rental situation? 
Well, Carolyn, um, thank you for having us on. Um, you hit on really two areas that are definitely of concern, but housing is priority. Housing is the linchpin. And so what's important for myself, for other citizens in the community, is that there is safe, decent, affordable housing. Now, affordable housing is a relative term. Afford affordability mean, can mean being to one group and another to a different group. Well, from my perspective, I'm talking about people that may earn $30,000 or less, and they cannot afford decent, safe, affordable housing. People cannot afford the rent. And what is currently going on in Columbus and all over the country is price gouging. Property owners are raising the rents where people that earn $30,000, some people earning $50,000 or less, cannot afford to rent. Many people cannot afford to buy, especially when you look at citizens that look like me, because we have been denied economic opportunities for centuries. So only a select few has been able to build any kind of wealth, any kind of economic opportunity. So most people that look like me, they are renters. Now they're being pushed out where they're unable to afford to rent. So housing is the linchpin. Housing, when kids do not, and statistics show this, when families do not have safe, stable housing, it impacts children in their schooling, in their entire. So this is critical for us all, not just for people that are low income or have less than income to afford it. We're all connected. So this is important to us all. And in addition to Columbus, I mean, it's a national phenomena right now. I mean, it's on national news how rent is skyrocketing for the whole country. So where, where does this come from? I mean, besides the public policy, I mean, what's going on? Is it just gouging? Is it that we haven't been building and we are, we're taking advantage of, of low-income folks? What's going on? Yeah, so um, Carolyn, what I would say, it's a classic market failure, okay? Mm -hmm. So Econ 101, they teach you about supply and demand and, and the power of the market, but they also teach you about market failures. One of the market failures is um, high barriers to entry. So housing is hard to get into. It costs a lot of money. You've got to have credit. So there are very few people that can do it. And they have been underproducing in Columbus for decades. So they've been underproducing by five to 10,000 units a year for the last 10 years, at least. That's according to statistics by the BIA, Building in Industries of Association. If I think I got that acronym right. Uh, Noel, correct me if I'm wrong. But, but it's been recognized for years, okay? The second thing we've been doing in Columbus is we've not been funding affordable housing for the very people Noel talks about, those on the lower end of the social spectrum, of the income spectrum, okay? So that becomes, that's a government role because the private sector won't do it for, for, for you know, very reasonable reasons. So government has to be involved. 
Columbus has been underfunding for decades. It's been studied, it's been evaluated, solutions have been proposed and not implemented. And, you know, in my opinion, with 20 years um, in the community development business, part of the reason is Columbus has been defunding nonprofit housing producers, okay? What I believe is because they're competing with land for the private sector developers in, you know, what have been low-income neighborhoods that the private sector and the city wants to gentrify, wants to become, you know, wealthy neighborhoods. And so when nonprofits start to get successful in taking down land and building affordable housing, the city defunds them, takes away their operating dollars. That's been going on for 20 years or more. So, you know, it's a combination of the lack of, of local commitment and some very, very real issues around um, housing supply and, and the marketplace. Yeah, I noticed. I mean, this is a slightly different issue, but like the YMCA downtown, it no longer is going to be housing folks that are low income, but it's going to be redeveloped. Correct? Am sure. I correct about that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, so so our priorities have not been to take care of the people and folks that are making thirty thousand and less. I mean, that's that's more than minimum wage. I mean, those folks have to be working hard to you know even. Um, yeah beyond 40 hours a week if they're making minimum wage, correct? Carolyn, those are the same people we were calling heroes during the pandemic. They were the people who were going to our grocery stores, who were supplying the food, who were working in the nursing homes, who were working in the hospitals. We call them heroes now, back then, and we don't take care of them now. Exactly. So, I mean, and 10 years ago, we used to say $15 an hour. We need that as a minimum wage, but that's not even a livable wage now. That's right. You know, it's up to $20 now in this day and age with the rents that there are. So let's go on. What will your initiative, which is a ballot initiative, which will um, you have to circulate throughout all the citizens or and get a certain number of signatures, and then it will be placed on the ballot if you mark, you know, cross every T and dot every I correctly. Tell me what this initiative will do for Columbus renters. Okay. If you don't mind, and, and Noelle, if you could uh, pitch in if I miss things, I'll take the lead on it. Okay, um, sure. It is complicated, okay? This is a complicated issue. It's a complicated ballot initiative, and it's a 40-page initiative. So there's a lot there. I'm going to try to summarize, okay? Okay. And I'm going to do this in the context. We call it rent control, although the state of Ohio are, you know, this, this right-wing, fanatical um, Republican legislature took away our rights to self-governance. So under the state constitution, Local citizens have the right to create local laws. We started talking about rent control and the state came in and said, you can't do rent control. You can't set mandatory price controls at the local level. So we revised our proposal somewhat to keep the spirit of rent control, but to also comply with with, what the um, state will allow. So what we've done, uh, we've created a a, um, concept called the Columbus Compact, okay? Similar to the um, Mayflower Compact. So the Mayflower Compact, you know, the pilgrims weren't supposed to end up on Plymouth Rock. They were supposed to end up in Northern Virginia, okay, under, I think, uh, English common law. They end up on on Plymouth Rock, which has no law established. And so the the Mayflower Compact was an agreement on self-governance because they were starting to mutiny. And so they came up with this compact that was how they would operate in this new environment. We're in a similar place. Columbus has always been an affordable place, okay? Doesn't have mountains, doesn't have oceans. It's got to have something. Affordability was its marketing place, okay? Mm -hmm. It's not affordable anymore. So we've got to have a new agreement on self-government. The Columbus Compact is in some ways a rebuke of what they call the Columbus Way. The Columbus Way is an agreement between government and business that they work closely together. Okay, Here, what we're saying with the Columbus Compact is that government works with citizens and that we're not in this modern day, you know, feudal society where we've got, you know, um, serfs and, and lords, you know, the, 
We're not in 1790s America where white male property owners were the ones that laws were created for and executed by, but that the role of the government is to empower residents, empower tenants, and then to support their empowerment, okay? So you talked about price gouging. That's one of the first things we do is we define for the first time in Columbus a um, ordinance that prohibits price gouging. So raising rents more than 15% in a year is defined as price gouging is and is unlawful, okay? Because the um, state does not allow the cities to, um, to enforce rent stabilization, what we said is we will create this law prohibiting price gouging and we will allow tenants to enforce it. So we create tenant unions and tenant associations and um, which are groups of tenants who can advocate on their own behalf or on other people's behalf. We outlaw price gouging and we allow tenants, tenant unions and tenant associations to sue landlords who engage in price gouging. Okay. So again, this government supporting, not, not supplanting, not taking the place of citizens power and right, but supporting. We create through this law to, to get this done. It takes government. Okay. So we create a department of fair housing to implement what we call the Columbus fair housing code. One of the key roles of the department of fair housing is to establish what we call fair rents or target rents. Okay. Which are based Rents have increased since the pandemic, okay? They went astronomical after um, 2020. So what we do is we um, register um, property that's gonna be rented and we require it to be licensed to be operated as rental property, okay? Registration licensing is a common way of, of, of regulating anything, okay? You register in your car, you get a license to drive it, you know, you get a tag for it, all that type of thing. You know, barbers and petitions are registered and licensed, okay? You um, register your dog. Register your dog. That's right. That's right. You buy food at a grocery store. You know, they, you hear in the grocery store to check your temperatures. Okay. Because registers is licensed and how they operate. Mm -hmm. So it's the same. It's a common principle. That's what we do here. So you register the ownership and you license for operation of the units. What the department, one of the things the department does is set fair rents for each of the units. So there are about 234,000 rental units in Columbus. There are about 170,000 that we think would fall under this, under this registration law and licensing law. You know, we don't register licensed dorms. We don't register licensed substance abuse, mental health uh, facilities, and other kind of treatment facilities. Um, we don't license if somebody owns less than four units. We don't license them. But the department would set for everybody else about 170,000 units. The department would set a target rent, which is based in the rent charged by that property owner in 2020. So before the price increases of the pandemic. So we take that out of there. Then we escalate it forward to 2025 when the law takes effect. Okay. In 2020, and the way we escalate it forward is that the percentage change in wages in Franklin County. So we're not looking at inflation rate, okay? Because then you contribute to the inflation rate. We're looking at the change in wages because we're tenant focused and we don't think that rent should um, should go beyond, you should consume greater and greater portion of people's budgets, okay? So it's a basic human need. So the fair rents, again, because we can't do price control, fair rents are for information purpose only, okay? So this is how, um, and, and what we start to look at is we start to look at the difference between fair rent and what a landlord actually charges. And the idea behind, because the state legislature left a loophole that says you can have targets, you can have incentives, um, but you can't have rent control. So the idea here is that the further landlord gets away from a fair rent, the less desirable they are to have in our community. They shouldn't have any access to public um, support. So they sh we shouldn't be giving them tax abatements. We shouldn't be giving them, um, you know, city bond monies, loans, grants, if they're going to be predatory. So we established five brands, the highest band being predatory, highest band away from the fair rent. We call them predators, okay, in the statute. And predators are ineligible for any um, city grants. 
loans, that sort of thing. Closer, we call them community champions where they're meeting the fair rents, they're community champions. We give them preferential access to everything, um, preferential access to tax abatements. And because they already have an existing uh, good supply of units on the market for tax abatements, which have a housing affordability requirement now, and this is kind of inside baseball, we say your affordability requirement is less, less than what it would otherwise be, okay? So we're trying to incentivize the best landlords to continue to put units on the market, and we're trying to get the bad ones to essentially sell out, okay? The other thing, um, after 2025, we create a windfall profits tax. Mm-hmm. So there's a fair rent this, that is based on 2020 rents escalated forward. And then as you differ from a fair rent, we charge, we um, tax you 60% of the difference um, in revenue that you've collected. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's a windfall profits tax, again, to encourage, to discourage folks from raising rents because they're not going to see all of it. And then that money is redistributed back to tenants who have been um, subject to higher rents. Wow. There are, there are a handful of other things we do. We um, have something called residential rent coercion. So in a period of social and economic disruption, like now, um, and for five years after that period, we prohibit significant changes in terms of rental agreement, and we, we require them to be negotiated with the tenant. So again, we're empowering tenants. So the department will mediate negotiations, and the department can um, have a finding of probable cause of residential rental coercion, and the tenant can take that to court because residential rental coercion is, is prohibited in Columbus now, or when we pass this law. We take that to court, and upon after five findings against a owner, um, you know, the court can issue fines of up to $10,000 a day until that owner sells the property. So again, we're really trying to, the other thing is if somebody has a, if an owner has a title of a predator under the law, any partnership they're with is tainted by that, that name. So we're trying to ostracize them in the community of real estate developers that nobody will do business with them because if you do business with them, that property will not get any city subsidies. So really what we're trying to do is put a strong system of incentives and, and disincentives in place, you know, create information because asymmetrical information is another cause of market failure. So we're trying to correct this market failure. And those are big picture. Those are the, you know, kind of the approach we're taking since we can't do what is traditionally rent control or rent stabilization because of, because of our, you know, crazy kook right-wing state legislature that is okay. anti-people. This okay. is Carolyn Harding with Grassroots Ohio. I'm talking with Noel Williams and Jonathan Beard, and they are both co-organizers with the Columbus Coalition for Rent Control. Noel, what yeah. was your statement? So I think it's important that people also know that this the, the Department of the Fair Housing Commission um, will have will have advocates that will be nominated by organizations, nonprofit organizations that are in the community and they'll have a right to a seat that will make up the commission so that it's not controlled by so much by the elected officials who pretty much are doing what the wealthy landowners want. So it will be um, a commission that is controlled by the community for organizations such as Impact, the Columbus Urban League, Bread. Um, These are the organizations that will have a say in who makes up and how the policy will be formulated by this housing commission. This really is 
about empowering the community, empowering people, and not so much um, companies or wealthy organizations, wealthy landowners. They have enough. Well, you know, I'm very interested in the whole thing about state preemption and home rule because of the Columbus Community Bill of Rights, which we've been trying to pass for four ballot initiatives because state has preemption over oil and gas. So the speed at which they created a state preemptive law against what you were trying to do, a rent control law, was astounding. And so these were what the um, Chamber of Commerce and and um, real estate developers. So then you guys turned around, though, and came back quickly on this ballot initiative. So tell us a little bit about how you're going to get this on the ballot and when you're aiming for and what kind of help you need. Thank you, Carol. Um, So it takes approximately 5,218 ballot signatures of Columbus voters to put this on the ballot. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the process of citizen initiative, um, let's say the easiest way to get something done is go to city council and two weeks later, city council can pass the law. Okay. Right. We tried that. We went and talked with um, council president Shannon Harden and housing chair um, Shayla Favors. They had zero interest in this. Okay. Right. And again, you know, their bread is buttered by real estate developers and we all know that. Um, so, you know, we went to them in good faith and asked them, you know, we'll hold hearings on it, you know, take piece of it you like and go ahead and pass this in the law and we'll do the rest. Uh, they had zero interest in that. So as citizens, we've got the right under the Constitution to get signatures from other voters. And if we get enough signatures, um, then we've got the right. Then the city has to pass a resolution to send it to the Board of Elections to put on the ballot. Our goal is to get on the May 2023 ballot because the state passes law midterm. We may not make that in summer's running down. So we may not make that. If so, we've got till um, July to get the signatures in. And then we would be on a November ballot. We would love to be on the May 2023 ballot. <laughs> one of the things, um, I, I, I lean on the left side of this political spectrum, okay? Um, one of the things that people on the right hand political spectrum have done very well is they have primaried people and they have moved the Republican Party to the far extreme of the right, okay? And we don't primary people and we as citizens don't force our elected officials to run on issues that we define. So that's one of the reasons we'd like to have this on the May ballot. We would like to have to know where can stand on this. We know where our incumbents stand on it, which is they are not in support of, of, of this type of activity. You know, we know where we are. We've watched 20 years of failure. Okay. A report came out by the um, One Columbus and uh, the Workforce uh, Innovation Board and Bank One, JP Morgan Chase Bank One, that said that the um, percentage of white households that are um, rent burdened, which is paying too much of their salary for rent, went from 32% to 40% over the last 20 years, okay? Mm-hmm. Percentage of black households went from 42% to 51% rent burden. That's a majority of black households cannot afford where they're staying, okay? Yeah. And a big plurality of white households. So government has failed. So we've got to get this on the ballot, trying to get it on a May ballot, and if we get enough votes in support, you know, majority in support, it becomes law at that point. Take effect in 2025 because there's some time gearing up, time registering units and so forth. Noel, what is your website that people can get information about this initiative or Facebook page? Where can people get more info? Columbus Rent Control. Info. 
dot info. Yes, columbusrentcontrol.info. And we'd love to have people check it out, sign up, volunteer to help us circulate petitions to get training to circulate petitions. We need people to help make this a reality. And this is something that benefits us all. So we need this. Yeah. And, and um, does this just impact the city of Columbus or Columbus Metro? This is just a city ballot initiative. So only Columbus is proper. Okay. And, you know, Noelle said it affects everybody. And she and I are, are homeowners, right? Mm-hmm. We're not renters. But you know what? It's bigger than us. You know, we've got kids. We've got people we love that are, that are trying to get a foot in the world. And we can't, you know, we can't leave the world a worse place for them. So our Facebook page is Columbus Coalition for Rent Control. And again, we'd encourage you to join our Facebook page, that group, and learn more about it. Join that community. Um, learn more about it. We've got to learn. We've got to share person to person because when this gets on the ballot, they will launch a multi-million dollar campaign of disinformation in opposition to it. So our strategy has to be to get information to people before that noise starts because we will not be able to match the money they'll spend on it. I would like to shout out for Jonathan's um, efforts because your one of your former initiatives was one of the first that ever got on the ballot. I mean, so many initiatives have tried and and at every level, the powers that be would stop it. But you did manage to get your ballot initiative on the ballot. And so I have a lot of faith in your, your objective and in your leadership. So um, for all folks like Columbus Community Bill of Rights folks, who know how to get petitions sign, signed, people that have that are voter registrators, people that work for Indivisible, people that have worked for fair house, fair districts and fair maps. We need to help pass this initiative, get the signatures so that this can get on the ballot. So Columbus citizens have a place to live right. that they can afford. And these houseless camps you know, so many people are forced out of their rent and enforced to be houseless. And this is not humane. This is not a sustainable way to be. So we have 30 seconds each. What is your ask today of the listeners today? Noel, start with you. Help. We, We need them. We need help. So sign up, check us out, join our community. All right. And Jonathan. I will second Noelle's absolute on point. So join us on Facebook. If you have Facebook, join us on Facebook. Be a part of the discussion. Be a part of the learning and sharing that's going on and share it with your friends. Again, we will be blown out of the water in terms of funding um, when this gets on the ballot. So we got to, we've got to learn about this before that noise starts. Noelle talked about helping circulate petitions. That would be fantastic. On our webpage, which is www.columbusrentcontrol.info, we've got a forum and there are about 20 categories of things you can do to help from inviting us to speak to a group that you're a part of to, you know, learning about the initiative and going to speak to groups to, you know, working booths. We'll be at, um, we'll be at hot times in old town in September. We'll have a booth there. We can give you a list of, of registered voters in your neighborhood and you can take a petition at your leisure around your neighborhood and get share and get signatures there. So there are a lot of different roles you can play. You can help us manage social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, if you're on those, help us with those. So yeah, we, we, this is a citizen-led initiative. This is Grassroots Ohio. This is Grassroots Columbus. And, um, you know, Grassroots is Grassroots. So Noel and I are here today on behalf of, other, of um, you know, our group. And, you know, we'd like that group to continue to expand and continue to diversify. 
And you know, this is the voice of Columbus. There are more renters in Columbus than homeowners in Columbus. Okay. So let's exercise our political power. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Thank you so much, Noel. And we will get this word out and get people to help. Thank you so much, Carolyn. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRS-FM and at 4 p.m. on WEJPLP in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back. Come down, come down.